Morning, everyone. Um, welcome to another episode of Moorcrofts Means Business, the, the uh, podcast from Moorcrofts, the uh, niche uh, solicitor's practice uh, specialising in corporate, commercial, commercial property, and I'm the employment partner. Delighted to be joined today by Bernard Savage from Ten and a Half Boots. He's a director there, and they specialise in business development support for lawyers, accountants, barristers, architects, and patent attorneys but a lot of what Bernard has to say I think resonates with a lot of businesses in terms of business development and um, also uh, Bernard is quite possibly the best compiler of Spotify playlists in the world and um, for those who, who even if even if this doesn't ring true with you and um, follow Bernard on LinkedIn because kind of every Thursday evening he produces a fantastic uh, Spotify playlist um, the latest one had some some gems on there with the, the fine young cannibals i think being my favorite so far on that list um welcome bernard thank you very much what an introduction <laughs> <laughs> no problems at all and um bernard I, I you know i was reading an interesting post of yours on, on linkedin from a couple of days ago where it simply said where one of the comments you made was you simply can't afford to do business development the way you always have um mm. so, so, so what are the challenges for business development in the current climate, do you think? Well, I suppose you know, the, 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 the obvious challenge is, is, the, is that presented by the restrictions, the lack of face-to-face -face contact. And you know, as much as um, there is real merit and we should be embracing technology and there's a lot to be said for virtual stuff, it's, there's nothing as powerful as being able to look somebody in the eyes and... and and win their trust from that face-to-face -face contact. So I think that's the biggie, the face-to-face -face restrictions. Um, but, you know, virtual does work. I think where it works best is where there's an established relationship. I think one of the difficulties at the moment is, um, despite all the obvious benefits of technology, it's when you're meeting people for the first time that you don't know. It's, it's the nuance, isn't it? It's the, the timing of the exchange and some of the you know, the body language cues that you get face to face. And I think that the third thing that I think is interesting is I saw some, I saw an article, um, there's been a lot of interesting articles in the, in the Guardian recently to do with working from home and new working practices. And the one that struck me within the last few days was saying that apparently only 25 to 30% of white collar workers in the UK have returned to the office, which is a significantly lower than across Europe. And I think one of the consequences of that for BD is that uh, it's cross-selling. You know, within your own firm, it's going to be very hard. And cross-selling is a big issue at the best of times. So for me, those are the three biggies that are real challenges at the moment. Yeah, certainly, for, for I think that echoes kind of what I've been experiencing. You know, those one-to-one -one coffees that we, we, yeah. we used to put in our diary, which were great for catch-ups, just aren't happening. Um, slowly, I think... You know, I've met one or two brave souls where we've had a socially distanced coffee over the last couple of yeah. weeks, and that, that's working well. But I think generally people will be reluctant to do too much of that. Um, I think there's been, um, I think working from home brings its challenges, as you say, cross referral within depart across departments when you're not, you know, for sitting across the room from someone is really difficult just to say, hey, do you want to just jump on this, jump in this meeting, meet so and so? Um, yeah, and also I think. So I was just going to say, what's an excuse for another music analogy? Because you, 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 you know, you, you uh, warmly introduced me with reference to playlists, and I think there is a parallel with music in terms of one of the things that we're missing out of with the the lack of face-to-face -face contact. And 
the analogy would be with um, uh, some musicians who get together to, to, to jam. They don't have an agenda as such. They get together with their instruments and they're just going to thrash things out and see where it takes them. And actually that ends up producing a lot of you know, big hits over the years. There hasn't been some formal agenda or rigid structure. And I think that's, that's one of the benefits of the, the office environment. It's those chance meetings on somebody on the stairs that you just bump into someone and say, oh, actually, it's rather fortunate. Just you remind me of something. Can, have you got five minutes? It's not always the, the planned face-to-face -face contacts. It's sometimes the unplanned contacts. Yeah, and I think that, that for me echoes with some of the um, Zoom sort of webinars and things. And I know a lot of the networking groups have kind of gone online, but actually for me some of the interest in those networking groups is the speakers generally are quite interesting but actually for me the value often is those 15 20 minutes before the speaker yeah. and the 20 minutes afterwards where you have those catch-ups yeah. with all those people and, and I, I haven't seen anything which can kind of replace that and, and i suspect well, i don't think it can be replaced fully yeah i agree and so um you know, have, have you seen lots of, so in, in business development, lots of people suddenly jumping into webinars and, and trying to do things differently? I think we are, what we're seeing now is a transition from the initial reaction. So the initial reaction to lockdown and the pandemic was, well, panic. Um, but it was really about people doing a lot more stuff, sort of shouting to get noticed, to stay visible. So that might be more telephone might be generating more content, more LinkedIn activity, and using video conferencing. And I think where things are moving to now is we've gone beyond that initial reaction to sort of what I'd call refresh stage, is that um, people have been a bit more focused, a bit more targeted, and I think it's less about volume of activity and noise, and much more about doing um, delivering stuff that's on message, that's a little bit more targeted, so, you know, it's not a case of we're zoomed out. I think that's far too simplistic. I mean, that's, that's analogous with people saying death by PowerPoint. There's nothing wrong with PowerPoint. It's how you use it. The same applies to Zoom. So I don't really buy into the notion of Zoom fatigue. But I, what I would say is that, you know, where you are using video conferencing, where you are using virtual um, communications, it, they've got to be better. They've got to be sharper. They've got to be more targeted. So I think it's, it's quality now versus volume. I think that's one of the things that's changed. And are you seeing kind of firms divert some of their marketing budgets away from sort of the traditional events to yeah. perhaps investing more in training their staff on, you know, podcasts, video, yeah. you know, how to conduct video, you know, calls, how to present your, your videos in a better way? Yes and no. I think... Um, the sort of months from, I don't know, what, March to June, uh, people are pretty much kind of stuck in terms of expenditure. It's all about planning ahead and recognising you do have to invest in your business. You do have to invest in BD. And actually, business development now and looking ahead is going to be more important than ever before because, you know, markets that are contracting or markets are getting more competitive, fear owners have got to be, you know, business savvy and, and they've got to be on the front foot when they're promoting themselves and their practices. So, yeah, we, you know, we are seeing a return now. Um, firms are investing back in developing skills. Um, it, how much of that is, I, I don't think it's an either or situation. I think, I think the key thing here and the, the key thing where people mustn't kind of go back to is where 
before COVID, it was very much reactive, unstructured, ad hoc. There was very little planning at all. Where people should be moving to now is a much more strategic approach to marketing BD. And within that, there should be a combination of um, some of the traditional face-to-face -face stuff where possible and complementing that with the virtual approaches, whether that's videos, video conferencing, webinars, et cetera. And yeah, but the, in terms of honing skills when it comes to webinars, podcasts, you know, you learn by doing. And I, what I'd say to anyone is just do it. Um, it you won't get a massive audience um, overnight, but um, over time, you know, build it up. And there is no substitute for, for practice and, and doing stuff. Yeah, I'd echo that. I, you know, I started doing some kind of short videos, which I posted on LinkedIn. Um, they're definitely a bit ropey to start with in terms of camera work and things like that, but you learn. And, and by and large, um, in fact, all the comments were really positive about people saying, hey, really pleased to see it. I think sometimes, I think particularly in professional services, we kind of beat ourselves up a little bit around, you know, making the perfect video. Um, yeah. But we're not, you know, I always say to people, I'm not Steven Spielberg. I'll do what I, yes. I'll do what, I'll do what I can. And if, if I put some decent content out there, I won't beat myself up that, the, you know, the lighting could have been slightly better. I mean, I mean, two things I would say there. First thing is that one of the things I've noticed for the better during this period of time is that we're seeing people be more human. We're seeing people be a bit more forgiving, giving you a bit more latitude. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, let's be really frank here. Let's not kid ourselves differently. If you turn the clock back six months, 12 months, if I'm being brutally honest, the quality of some of the seminars and the, the traditional legal or technical updates they weren't great you know <laughs> so um it wasn't the fact that people were delivering with fantastic presentation skills and very engaging they were doing what they'd always done before which in many cases regrettably wasn't very good so um <laughs> at least we'll start with a blank piece of paper and we're learning together when it comes to video conferencing and the like so if you were looking at a business so what would your kind of I suppose top tips be what are the three things that someone could be that, that, that a business could be doing now just to help in terms of business development okay um the first thing i would say is put your clients first but let me explain what i mean by that now people listening might say well that's kind of obvious that's what we do well i would really challenge that um you know, this is about client development this is about really getting closer to your clients irrespective of whether there's an open client files, not about client files, or if you're an accountant, it's not about year end or tax returns. It's about um, you know, trying to get to that trusted advisor status, being that person that changing the dynamics of the relationship. And to, to get there, the starting point has got to be a more analytical approach where you know, one recognizes that not all clients are equal. Um, everyone would like to think they deliver fantastic client care to all their clients, but you know, let's be commercial about this and get real. Um, you know, of the hundreds or even thousands of clients on your portfolio, there's going to be a relatively small number that are delivering the fees. You know, the 20% the, the of the clients will be delivering 80% of your business. Those 20% of the clients, you should be giving them service over and beyond doing a good legal job or, you know, a good accounting job or whatever it may be. So I think that's the, that's the big one. Lots of people talk about it. I'm not convinced they're doing it as well as they could be. I think that's a client development's a big area. Notice I've said client development, not CRM. You shouldn't be managing your clients. You should be developing relationships. And let me be very transparent. Let's be specific to our relationship, Matt. 
um, you know, I've done ten and a half has, has done some work with Morcos, but what we're doing now is a good example of you know, a collaboration, which isn't about generating fees, but it's about adding value. So if I can add value to, to this podcast, that's good. That strengthens our relationship. But again, let's say it as it is, you're also giving me a platform to promote myself as well. And this Absolutely. is what I mean by sort of being more creative and naturally. So client development, number one. Number two, um, number two really is about refreshing your marketing and BD. It's about using this as the opportunity to frankly uh, start with a blank piece of paper and say, right, never mind what we've always done, which is based upon inertia and doing what the law firm down the road does. You know, what is our offer? Who is our target market? And let's, let's, let's be proactive and strategic in coming up with a plan in how we communicate with the marketplace, clients, referrers, and wider professional contacts. And I think if people did that, they'd find they weren't doing what they'd always done before because what they'd always done before, in many cases, is inefficient and ineffective. And, and the third thing is another thing that, you know, a lot of people might be listening in saying, well, yeah, yeah that's kind of obvious and we do that. And I'll challenge that. And that's client listening. Client listening, in my book, is not, simply about sending somebody a post-transaction self-completion questionnaire or a happy sheet as one might call it you know that that's better than nothing client listening is about actually investing in your clients and getting a third party to interview them which might be virtual in the sort of short medium term for fairly obvious reasons but in the longer term might be face to face not all your clients wouldn't be cost effective wouldn't be appropriate but you know clients where there's repeat work Clients that are operating in markets that are high strategic value, clients that um, you know you're billing a lot, frankly, that you, you want to look at, you want to ensure they're a client in one year, two year, three years, and beyond. I think client listening is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger, and it has to because it's just not credible at the moment. The number of law firms who purport to be different to other law firms through their claims on their websites and their brochureware because they listen to their clients. Well, what's the evidence? How are they listening to their clients? How many of those firms have got an independent client service review program or s some kind of system? One in three at best. So that, that, to me, those would be the biggies. Client development, strategic planning, and client listening. The, the other thing that, that, that I was thinking about just in advance of the call was we're kind of hit with lots of kind of social media platforms mm. at the moment, aren't we? With, and, and if I get kind of see another another thing about you know TikTok for you know <laughs> employment lawyers or something like that you know are, are we still looking at those sorts of, you know in terms of social media LinkedIn you know I, you know I, I, I struggle sometimes to see kind of where kind of Facebook Twitter you know yeah. TikTok particularly you know it, yeah. it, it's like you know where's those sort of where do you see those okay. platforms developing um this is a difficult one for me because it requires more than a sort of 90 second answer, but I'm going to give him a best shot in 90 seconds. So you've got more than 90. Okay. I've, I've got, I've got two minutes then rather than yeah. 90 seconds. Right. Um, the first thing I would say is let's look at the bigger picture. All social media is it's, it's another communication channel and to get your message across the marketplace, um, you know, it, it, it is, it's just that it's another channel. Should you use that channel? Yes, social media is part of your, your uh, communication approach. So that, that's the first thing. The second thing I would say is the detail answer is gonna vary hugely depending upon who, you're, who, you're, who are the clients you're trying to attract. But to be more helpful in the context of a law firm, for 97.9% .9 of law firms, it's as simple as this. 
LinkedIn should be your first choice for social media by a country mile, I would argue. I say 97% because there will be law firms that perhaps specialise niche practices that focus on areas like, I don't know, the media industry or technology, where it's, or, or equally for a high street law firm that's perhaps looking um, at more business to consumer rather than business to business, it will be a little bit, it will differ slightly. But for the vast majority of law firms, I would say LinkedIn comes first by distance. Um, I'd probably put Twitter second, but I, I think the difference is that Twitter is very helpful as a news feed. Um, it, the other thing about Twitter is, it, again, it varies by sector by sector. So if, for example, as a professional service firm, you're interested in the retail sector or hospitality or the media or technology businesses, then it's helpful often to follow you know, food and drink companies or hotels or whatever. But it, it, it does, it, it ultimately it's about who are you trying to attract? And, and that's where you should start with any conversation about marketing BD. Um, this might sound slightly tangential, Matt, but I don't know whether you or listeners, well, I know some listeners will watch crime dramas. And if you think about any crime drama you've ever seen on television, this is how it works. So it plays out with, they grab your attention at the beginning and there's some sensational murder. And then what happens next is there is the detective um, addresses his or her staff and they have a whiteboard behind them. And all they have on that whiteboard at the beginning is a photograph of the victim. And that photograph gives them you know, that, 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 that focus. And then they start to build, they take a very forensic approach and they will identify perhaps one, maybe two suspects. And the purpose of the exercise is to ensure that they solve the crime, one, well, correctly, they, they, they get the right uh, culprit, and secondly, as quickly as possible. Now, actually, I would say within a BD scenario, that's exactly what you should be doing. If you haven't got that clarity of thinking, you'll make bad choices. Because if you've done that exercise, that will inform what networking activity you get involved in. It, 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 you, you focus it around visibility, what publications you read and, and you're seen to be in, um, who, who are the other stakeholders that you should be uh, visible to, um, what are the trade bodies and forums and associations that are relevant, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So relating that to social media, that's going to answer the question because when you've got that clarity of thinking, you'll know what the choices are. But an easy one, TikTok, give it a wide berth. No, I, there's a story which I was actually told not to share this story, but I can't stop myself. Um, my wife is a, a clinical practitioner. She had a case, um, it's a little while ago, so I think I can say it now, but there was a quite a serious accident um, where a young couple had been create, making a video for TikTok, which involved throwing glasses at each other. And you kind of know what happens next. There's quite a... A very very serious injury which I think hadn't been for my wife's attention it could have been um well, it could have been a tragedy um she said she'd never seen so much blood in her life and she's seen a lot of blood over the years so um yeah it's quite serious so TikTok I'll give that one a miss I think Instagram is less relevant to law firms I think if you're an architectural practice or if you're a business that's that, that's about images and pictures it's probably more relevant but still I mean, again, the biggest objection I get from any Fiona in any professional service firm is I don't have time. And then I see people making bad choices with the limited time they can invest in BD. So if you've got limited time and you want to do some social media, then 
you know, go where you're more likely to get a result, and that's on LinkedIn, which doesn't mean that there isn't any value in the other things, but you haven't got, there aren't enough hours in a day, and I'm not seeing evidence of enough fee earners using LinkedIn particularly well. Um, so just one, one example of and this, this relates to your world, Matt, so employment law. One of the things that I often find amusing is it, it's quite rare do I see an employment solicitor on LinkedIn who actually identifies the particular niche areas. What they tend to do in their profile is they say employment solicitor. Well, the problem with just saying you're an employment solicitor is that well, you'll know the number better than I do, but there's a lot of them in the UK. So how do you actually get noticed? But if in your profile and if in your posts you were to be more specific and talk about, I don't know, whistleblowing or discrimination or, yeah, I don't know, issue inclusivity, diversity, things that are that you've got a particular interest in and you've got some case studies, that's more likely to get you noticed and ultimately you're more likely to win work. Excellent. I shall immediately go and check my <laughs> LinkedIn profile to, to something more specific. Listen, Ben, that was fantastic. Thank you for your time today. Really appreciate Thank your you. input. I'm sure anyone listening will have taken some nuggets away from that. And as I say, um, you know, I'll put Bernard's pro link to his, his profile on LinkedIn. Worth following, as I say, even if it's just for the Spotify list. So thanks very much for that, that Bernard. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much.